so I'm not going to make fun of Pearl Jam because you like Pearl Jam. And just kind of like the same way that I like Pucifer and you're kind of like, yeah, they kind of suck. I wouldn't say they suck, man. Like, they're just not as good as a perfect circle. That's true. That's true. I'm going to I'm gonna turn your headphones up a little bit. Dang. Is that is that better? Sure. Can, I can I can hear. You can hear? Yeah, I'm not deef. You're deef. I know you like this one. Biz Bodhovas. What do you think about that one? Can you hear the crickets? Biz Bodhovas. The crickets chirping? Biz Bodhovas. Roll out. This is BizBody, the podcast for health and wellness practitioners about running a sustainable and successful business that helps people. I'm your host, Keith Shimon, and with me is Brandon Miller. In the house. In the house. Before we get started, make sure you go over to BizBody.net and sign up for the <laughs> newsletter. And while you're at it, go over to iTunes and give us a five-star review and please leave a positive comment. Positive, please. Only positive people. Yeah, and helps other professionals find the podcast. You know, this is a resource that Brandon and I wish that we had when we first started, and that's why we're doing this. If you'd like to support the show, we do have a book section now on the website. If you were to click on any of the books, on the books, I should say, um, it helps give a small commission to the show to help support it. Um, and it doesn't cost you any more money to buy the books from Amazon or anything else that you like from Amazon. So do us a favor, click on a link and help support the show. If there's any other professionals that you'd like us to interview or a topic that you'd like us to cover, just send us a personal message on Facebook or subscribe to the newsletter because that's a great way to get a hold of us. Or just give us a post about what books you're currently reading. Maybe our book list isn't quite big enough or there's some books out there that we haven't heard about yet that uh, you've you, you found valuable that uh, we should check out. We're always interested in finding new cool stuff to, to read and uh, to catch up on. Well, another thing too, you know, um, we know a bunch of people that are going to seminars just in the business section. And um, the business genre. If there are any upcoming events that you know of, we'd love to hear about it. Um, you can you can um, either send us a personal message or just you know go to the Facebook page, post something there. Um, any type of event that would help other practitioners as well, especially you know the people that are listening to this podcast are in the same mindset. They want to better themselves. They want to be associated and affiliated with people that are also bettering themselves. So it it does everyone a solid by just sharing. So there we go. Boom. Sharing now, is caring. Sharing. <laughs> giving that, that, that butt out hug, right. that ass out hug, just give tap, a little tap, tap. Tap. So today we're talking about the invaluable employee. And some of you may have employees. Some of you may be an employee. Now, this side of things is um, if you are in a, are you employed and not a business owner? So this is from that context. Um, we have an internship. We have a, um, a part-time employee. And some of the qualities that we wish that we had when we were working for somebody else is really what this is all about. So just because you are employed by somebody else doesn't mean that you are not your own brand. So everything we talk about today is about that subject. That's rocket, man. That's rocket. 
Have you ever thought of yourself as your own brand to increase your value or pay? We have a list of seven different things that that I thought about. I'd love to hear Brandon's ideas and thoughts about that. Um, so I'm just going to go over them real quick, and we're going to knock them out one by one. So number one, what are the ways to help your client experience? Um, are you good at communicating with your clients? Can you learn new skills that help you coach or practice more efficiently? Um, do you know how much revenue you're bringing in? And do you know how much it costs the company to keep you on staff? Do you know the overhead of the business and how profitable the company is? And do you work to increase the awareness of what you do in your community? Those seven things seem to be what separates really good practitioners and um, good coaches from the people that kind of phase in and out of the industry since supposedly the statistics are that only what 1% of trainers or exercise professionals stay in the industry over 10 years. Right. And I, I don't know how that relates to, to other, other businesses, but I'm sure that anyone staying in one career path has a tendency to slowly fade out. Yeah. I mean, I, I would think that um, across the board in the healthcare uh, genre that we're in, whether you're in, you know, s- some sort of personal trainer or a manual therapist or Cairo or um, physical therapist, that there's a lot of kind of coming and going of people, right? Mm-hmm. Where, um, you know, there's probably a decent amount of turnover in the companies that limit the turnover in their employees and have long-term employees that have been there a long time tend to probably have, you know, ideally like a more successful business over time because, you know, as a small business owner, as we went through this process uh, over the last couple of years of trying to find good people, you know, it's a, it's a much more expensive, bigger hit to a small company if you make the wrong hire than if you actually find the right person that could actually grow with you and your business over time, right? So, you know, I think that if you make bad hires as a small business, it can cost you significant amounts of money and time. Yeah. Um, and I think so, like going over some of these things, you know, we didn't appreciate them when we were employees. And I think that's probably why, you know, um, we look at this a little bit differently than we used to. Um, as an employee, like I never understood half the things that are on the list here. And if I did, I might have had a greater appreciation for the the facility and or the the people that we were working for. I just didn't fathom like how all this stuff was structured, right? Because yeah. nobody ever lets you in. And you know, some of the stuff on the list you may not as an employee be privy to yeah. like and you might not ever be privy, privy to it but if you're not you know it's still important for you as the individual to build yourself up as your own individual brand because whether you're a massage therapist or a trainer or um, a PT these days i mean you kind of are expected to go out and feed yourself mm-hmm. you know like and go out and oh, build. no matter who you are right so i i think like some of this stuff is very very important and some of the other details about um you know what the company is profit how profitable it is what you know like the discretionary funds that you cost the company may be something that you're just not privy to and will never be privy to yeah but i think from our standpoint the transparency of those things to the people that we brought in have become more valuable in the sense that now 
our employees, you know, understand where we're at financially, understand how much, you know, when I'm paying somebody at X amount per hour, like what it actually costs the company per hour, not what they see in their paycheck, right? We understand that now, but at the same time, you know, if we would understood that then it would put things in a better perspective when we wanted to go out on our own as well. So right. that like knowing exactly how much we're going to need at X amount of time, you know, if you think about that as an employee right off the bat, you may realize either how good you have it or at least give yourself leverage towards what you may be asking for if that's real or not, or if that's going to cost the company way too much money of which you could actually put the company at risk if they have to uphold your salary, your benefits, um, and and what you want out of your continuing education and whatnot, so that would have been huge for us to to just go through as a lesson. So, you know, again, it's it's from the perspective of if you're the employee, things to be thinking about. If you're thinking of going out on your own, the different costs or how good you have it, and then the employer, things that you should be thinking about if you have an employee, right? Right. And yeah. I think it, it ultimately is about like, if you're the employer is keeping the employee, but if you're the employee, actually understanding like where you stand, like, and I think the appreciation for, you know, like you said, what you may or may not have, you know, like yeah. some people I think uh, have it a lot better than they think, you know, cause the grass is always greener on the other side, right? Until you jump to the neighbor's yard and realize that, that grass ain't quite as good as you thought it was. And, and this, honestly, is all monetary. That's not including what is the community like of the team that you're working with. Do they have continuing education? You know, in, in our field, in our industry, I mean, we're two of less than 80 in the world that do a specific technique. Do we have someone to practice with to shoot off great information so that you improve as a practitioner. And then do you have to pay for that or not pay for that? Or is it a mutual benefit to, to everyone involved so that you have this perpetual growth that you can't assign a dollar amount to? Right. And I think that's that's key is, you know, um, what are some of the benefits that you get that aren't monetary worth where you're currently at? You know, like we've got friends that own businesses that they require their, their employees to you know, come to continuing education things that they hold uh, once, if not twice a week. And it's mandatory. There is no, you know, like, oh, I don't think I want to make it today or, oh, I think I'm going to schedule a client during those times. Like, it's part of your employment there. But ultimately, like, you're getting taught by some of these guys teach for organizations. So, Mm -hmm. You know, whereas you and I would have to pay hundreds of dollars for a weekend seminar with one of these individuals, their employees actually get two hours of continuing education, you know, basically for free because they're not paying for it. Now, that could be another conversation all in and of itself. But you, if you think about the amount of hours that this person puts into their employees, like, for what they would charge you and I to come to one of their weekend seminars, it's like holy crap! Like his employees are, you know, are getting close to five, six thousand dollars worth of continuing education yeah. every year, yeah. and they're not paying for it. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a huge advantage. You know, in a scenario like that, so maybe part of their compensation is kind of based on that. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just an added feature that you know they do for their employees because they want top tier employees delivering kick ass service. 
you know, where people aren't going to go anywhere else because they know that they're invest. If they invest in their employees, their employees' skill set and what they're doing might be so high that you know they get that money back tenfold. Oh, completely. And, and this goes right back in hand with the episode with Sam Cayucci when he talks about professional development. And this is that is something that we're now shifting into even further, where we had this booklet for our interns. And it talked about the professional skills that they had to have in order to understand exercise and mechanics. But professionally, the development side to understand like how you sell yourself or um, what happens in certain scenarios to be able to role play that in our educational process to make sure that that's top tier now is the next level to be able to bring that experience to our clients, but then also have value to the interns and um, and uh, part time and full time employees that we're that we're going to have in the future. I mean, each one of those is upping our level and helping us accelerate past our competition because our level of service and knowledge base is because of what we've already put in place educationally. Right. And I think, you know, the the biggest thing that I've seen and like even with our um, ever evolving, you know, process of how we're doing things is the idea is like when you when you get a new individual, like whether whether you're going to hire them as an employee, an independent contractor, part time, full time, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into, you know, what what type of fit and what type of person are you bringing in? But if you're bringing in somebody right out of school, you know, their professional development probably is a little more 70-30 where it's like, okay, you need to get them brushed up in their skill set as far as being a tactician or a practitioner a little bit higher, you know, especially if you're like a smaller group where you do specific type things, right? So you're going to spend a little more time making sure that you can on-ramp that person up to the quality of service that your your clients are used to seeing from you know the owner or the people the employees that have been there a while right yeah yeah but you got to take that other thirty percent and you got to start to teach them how to go out and talk to people how to start to build their brand as an individual even though they're working under the guides of your company right so that you can start to get them more clients and get them more comfortable with going out and talking to people and being able to introduce themselves as you know and and it, truly explaining what it is that they do so that they can start building value right off the bat and then as they develop more as a tactician tactitioner or a practitioner and their skill set gets you know fairly competent if not pretty high then it's almost like that stuff flip flops and you're spending more like 70% of your time learning how to really take your your brand to the next level yeah. so that you know you're constantly churning people through the door that are coming to see you and i think like that's really what's happened with us too over time is you know we got so dialed into the well the skill set that we have is so good that if we get super super good at we become one of the best in the world that people will just walk through the door <laughs> and you know what? For the most part, people do to an extent, right? Yeah, yeah. But as we've gotten better at understanding the business aspect and understanding the marketing aspect and understanding how to build our company as a brand, 
we've actually got way more clients that have walked through the door, right? So with a better experience, too. right? And I think that's just the evolution yeah. of a of a practitioner. So I think you're going to have a twofold, you know, type of thing. Like, are you hiring a new person right out of college that's green? Because let's be honest, how much sales experience do you really get in college? Well, I mean, all, all of that, I mean, we're going to, this is a two-part series. We're going to talk about the employer side of that in the next episode. And this episode, you know, when it comes to when we were employees and we're, and we're just thinking about, okay, um, I'd like to make more money or I'd like to have more clients or I'd like to learn more about my craft. And then that's where it was all limited at one point in time because you're just trying to make your practice that much much, much better. Like you build it, they will come kind of thing that we talked about mm-hmm. or that you just talked about. You know, there's so much more to understanding what your employer is going through because the more that you understand the nuts and bolts of what your employer is going through, the more leverage you're going to have in your own development and where you would like to go with your career and where you may not want to go with your career because that fit is really what it's all about, aligning yourself with, okay, uh, you know, I'd like to be able to go out and get my own people because I'm really good at that or, man, I really would like someone else to do the marketing and sales for me, so then how much is it going to cost me for them to do that so I just get to do my thing? Right. You know, and, and, and... that's what it comes back down to because, you know, before, I, I, I don't know if I'm, if I'm alone in this, but Probably. When, when you used to ask for vacation, right, it's just like, oh, yeah, it's just vacation. You know, I mean, you get paid, paid vacation. That's just the way that that works. And then you realize real quickly as a business owner that you just don't make money when you're on vacation. So right. that you, you're like, okay, you can take vacation whenever you want. Your whole life could be a vacation if you wanted to, but you're not going to make any money. Um, and other people paying you for going on vacation is really just the fact that you've accrued a whole bunch of revenue on the front end so they can afford you being gone and not bringing in money on the back end. Right. And I think that's that's where this all comes into play where, you know, as an as a ex employee, I never appreciated any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Why? Because like you just think that you're entitled to it, mm-hmm. right? That, you know, if you have a job, that job is gonna provide you with X amount of dollars, which is going to allow you to live and do the things you want to do. Oh, healthcare, vision, right. dental, you know. And I never appreciated any of that, like the cost of it, because as an employee, you don't really see the cost of it. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like, it's just taken nobody, out. Nobody ever set me down and said, hey, Brandon, like the reason why we only pay you X amount per session is because this much goes to your healthcare. This much goes to your your vacation time. This much goes to the sick days that we provide you. This much goes to yada, yada. Like, nobody ever set me down. So, like, I just thought of that as, man, I can't believe I'm only making this much an hour. Like, yeah. I see what I'm, what I'm charging per the hour, yeah. right? But I also see that I'm taking in a fraction of that home, you know? So... Where is all that money going? And, oh, and because it's never really explained, never, you know. And never. I never asked. That was the other. That was the other fault of mine. Is like I never asked. It's like, yeah. where's the other three quarters of that money go? Like, or, or like even putting it into the putting it into the, the context of saying, okay, well, you know, I really need this business to be like fifteen percent profitable. 
Otherwise, it doesn't pay for me to do the books. It doesn't pay for me to pay all the taxes. It doesn't pay for me to do the workman's comp, to like do the administrative stuff that needs to happen, to pay the overhead. Like it, It's just not worth it to me. Like If somebody said that to me right off the bat, I would have been like, whoa, wait. Talk, talk to me about that stuff. Like, I'd like to know about that. So what's our profitability margin? Like, what what's the margin that we need? Like, how much is our overhead compared to, like, what kind of range do I have to deal with and that you, you need for this thing to be worth your time so that I can have a career here or not? You know, I mean, like, so you can make a valid decision. And then you also have an idea based upon the amount of people that are coming in, whether your company is going to be around you know, or are you going to be out of a job because your company is just suffering or the company you're working for is suffering and you don't even know it until the doors are closed? Right. And I think that's, you know, one of those things where, you know, as an employee, you, you kind of always have that in the back of your head is like, you know, how well is this company or the company I'm working for really doing? You know, is it like, a ghost town? Yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's like, you know. I, I still go into gyms today, like when we're out of town and stuff, and I just look around. I'm like, "How is this place even open? Like, how <laughs> are they great membership? Yeah, base. how are they able to maintain? Like, there's nobody. It's like it's their we're pizza in, Mondays. We're in during like peak hours that normally most gyms would be slammed, and it's like there's like five people in here. Like, how's that even possible? But for whatever reason, maybe like 15, I, I, 1,500 members right. charging $10 a month. Right. <laughs> like for, Netflix yeah, is more you, expensive. You get your uh, one day of Papa John's pizza, like, <laughs> and it justifies your 10 bucks And free tanning. Right. <laughs> and nobody's there to grunt or drop weights. Exactly. So if you do actually wander in there, you know, to eat your pizza, you're not going to be like hearing people grunting and... <laughs> Dropping stuff all over the place, you know, where it's like you, you're about to take a bite of pizza and do, 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 do. it just like flies yeah, up into the yeah, air. And you're like, oh, that doesn't happen here. It's like a, it's like a scene out of Breaking Bad where the pizza's on the, uh, on the roof. It's like, <laughs> get the pizza off the roof. Exactly. So I think, you know, just kind of wrapping this up, like the understanding, you know, if you're an employee, like trying to figure out what, you know, some of these things, you know, how do you want to put all this stuff together? Like, what's important to you? How much do you need to do? You think you need to to make to live, and then breaking down like, okay, if I do X amount of sessions, this is what I'm going to get paid. How am I going to drive more people through the door? Are people coming through the door because of the name on the outside of the building, or are they coming in because I've gone out and built a reputation as the best at what I do? Um, I think there's a huge difference there, and you know. I think for some people, that's a natural thing. They just naturally are good at being able to talk to people and actually sell but not sell. You know, they're just so passionate about what they do that it exudes, you know, when they're out and they're they're with people, right? So people are kind of like attracted to those people. Yeah. But for the most part, like most people aren't natural salespeople. You know, most people like are really good at the at what they do the tactician yeah the tactician part of it that they hope that that speaks for itself the problem is you can be the best tactician or the best practitioner in the world but if you only get a if you're only around a handful of people every week it's going to take you a long ass time to build that like that following up right so on top of that you know 
you just got to make sure that you know what, like you said, what you want. Like, what do you want out of the experience? Do you want just a part-time experience where you're working for someone and your main gig isn't working and you want to get out um, and, and do other things? Cool. Like, I wouldn't recommend starting your own company. I'd recommend having a one major place that you're working out of or a couple different places that, that, you're, that you're working out of. But even though you're still considering yourself a brand, so how you represent yourself, um, people knowing who you are, people knowing your name, you're officially a brand. So right. you, you should you should view yourself as such. Otherwise, if you don't build your brand up or have staying power, brands tend to come and brands tend to go over time, no matter what. And you're a part of that same cycle. Right. And I think, you know, if you are one of those people who aren't a natural salesperson, um, you're probably better off staying in one place. I don't know many people that are really good at like hopping around and being able to start over all the time. Like we have one friend, right. Who literally you could put him in any scenario, like, and within a month, he's going to build a pretty solid business, but he's also somebody that doesn't mind pounding the pavement and going into just random places and talking to whoever will listen to him. Right. Oh, he's an evangelist. Right. And he is, you know, he'll put you on the spot and he loves it, right? Like <laughs> he actually has more fun doing that than I think the actual, you know, work once you get there. Like he has more fun bringing you in or getting people to come in than he actually does doing the work. Like he is just a natural at that and he loves it. He loves the idea of like being able to pick up and go wherever and just starting all over, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah But he does a really good job at it. And I wouldn't necessarily recommend that to most people. But, you know, he's one of those people that has found it to be not that difficult for him. You yeah. know, like, I don't know. I mean, I think that if I had to do it again, could I? For sure. But that's not exactly something that I would look forward to. Whereas I think he almost gets, like, bored and he's like, man, I've got a full book now. Like He's a starter. Yeah, let's uh, move somewhere else and start over. See if I can do it again. <laughs> yeah, forget forget my like eight-year-long client right. relationship. You know, right. Forget that. Yeah. Kind of offload that. So wrapping this thing up, guys, um, you as a, per, as a personal brand, even if you're employed, you know, uh, number one, what are the ways that you can help the client experience. Um, number two, are you good at communicating with your clients? If not, I'd find a way to go through personal development that allows that to happen. Uh, number three, can you learn new skills that help you coach or practice more effectively? And does your employer help you with that? Or do you ask for help with that? Do you know how much revenue that you bring in or that the company can kind of estimate that the company brings in to understand uh, how much you can ask for? Do you know how much it costs the company to keep you on staff, like all your benefits, how much they pay in taxes, state and um, and federal and workman's comp and anything else. Um, do you know the overhead of the business and how profitable the company is? You may or may not have access to that, and that's okay. And do you work to increase the awareness of what you do in your community? How well do you market and make people aware of the benefits that you provide them? Okay. So uh, thank you guys for listening. For more, go over to bizbody.net and sign up for the newsletter. Uh, We send out free tools and workflows that go with some of these shows. Um, Also, please go over to iTunes and give us a five-star review and leave a positive comment. If you want to check out our practice, go over to body-activation.com. 
Thank you guys for listening and catch you next time. 